Welcome, everybody, to this week's uh, edition of the Rising Grind podcast. Um, it feels like this quarter of the year's edition of the podcast, because it's been that long since we last <laughs> recorded it. So uh, there's four of us on right now, and George might join us in a bit. That'll be known, hashtag dad life. Um, but yeah, here he is, speaking of the devil himself. Speaking George, devil. you're on. We've started recording, and we're discussing your beard. So, <laughs> <laughs> if we turn the screen upside down, it's like it's you know his head's like upside down face, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, which way around do you trust George's face? There he is. He's connected. George, you're live on the Rise and Grind podcast. Say hello to all the fans out there. Yo, what's going on? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Literally, mate. We have just kicked off the podcast, and as it's been so long since we all checked in. We thought, right, let's do the round robin. What the heck has been happening the last few months for each of us? I'm going to go around the screen as I see it. John, what has been going on for you? Uh, it's been a roller coaster, uh, standard like furloughing, <laughs> had a mental job cutting rush, which was good fun, getting strong back. And then um, uh, last two weeks, did some crazy runs of a 100k run and then did a half Ironman uh, as part of the Rise and Grind challenge, but ended Which up no, being the no only fucking person to do it. <laughs> 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 so I feel right stitched up. Um, yeah. And then, <laughs> um, and then um, just trying to get prepped for September uh, for the 100 mile race that got moved to there and I've managed to look out the spot. So um, that's what I've had going on. Really? Beautiful. Beautiful. Aaron, out in the Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of a bit of a roller coaster, really. Like John, um, I did 100k also, uh, which we did a, a little podcast on. Since then, uh, I've not done a whole lot. I ran a really fast 5k. Um, oh, no, sorry. I rephrased that. I tried to run a really fast 5k, and it turned out to be a 5k. Um, <laughs> um, and I've had two weeks of sort of holiday mode with my parents, been over visiting in Sweden of sort of eating lots of ice cream and eating lots of barbecue and putting on a bit of weight and now it's time to focus up and also get ready for my 100 miler in November nice. dropping numbers there the only hundred M's I thought the only hundred M's George does says four meters. Hundred meters. I thought hundred M's wasn't that George's bank account. The labs are coining it in. So probably a hundred quid. George, what have you been up to, mate, the last few months? Uh, yeah, so early doors, you boys know, I sorted myself out with the gym. I uh, went full, full gym kit wanker. Um, <laughs> it's really useful, but um, yeah, it's kind of saved our sanity a little bit. Um, so that was good, and now it's sort of paying for itself, really, which is which is good news. Lose training clients from home, I'm training clients from home. Um, not as many as we'd like, obviously, but um, yeah, no, it's it's coming good, hopefully. I've uh, been doing a Hunter's High Rocks program. I'm going into the eight week next week. Um, I had a week off running in Wales a little while ago. That was fun. But yeah, um, really enjoyed it. Getting, making some progress, I think. Uh, oh, I've taken up golf, Graham, as you know. As, as, as you well know when you get into it. Boys, that is a proper endurance sport, let me tell you. <laughs> George, the only time I ever see you playing golf is you've got a beer in your hand. So you tell me how exactly, that's an endurance mate. sport. <laughs> let me tell you, it's tough to keep focus. I mean, yeah. No, but I've really enjoyed it, actually. I thought of, um, the idea was I took up golf because my dad plays every Sunday and I don't actually see him a lot. So it's just sort of a thing for us to do now. So sometimes I'll go like, eight nine months without seeing my dad and now i've seen him more times at any other point in my life so now i see him yeah like basically once a month we meet up or we're talking about the game or we're talking about the last round so that's been really good to be honest so um yeah i've really enjoyed that played a little uh, round with mr roberts who ladies and gentlemen smoked you if you're ever doubting 
Graham Roberts' running ability. That's absolutely fine. Is <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. Techers. He, he's basically he's fucked up. He should be on the PGA Tour, but instead he's telling people how to be on the PGA Tour. And I'm thinking, mate, you should have just had a good swing at this. Literally, no pun intended. You had a good crack at this early doors. I don't know what his excuse is, um, but he was hitting the ball. Straight as an arrow. Exactly. You know, he said it, was, it gets boring to watch. I was like, "This is awesome." It was like, you know, it was really helpful. But um, yeah, the man can play, ladies and gentlemen. So, any golf hustlers out there, gonna mess with G. Roberts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's very kind of you to say, George. You still owe me the money, though. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! <laughs> what what money is that? We didn't play for any dough. <laughs> Coaching tips, George. Coaching tips. <laughs> um, oh, no, it was knacking around, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the, um, the, the most fun shot in that round, I think it was like the six T. You know, the one with the three bunkers across the fairway, George. And I stood on it and said, "Oh, it's going to go here." Like there's a literally a line between the two bunkers, and I just put it on a shoestring, and he was like, "Mate, that's just yeah. not real." <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, that was decent. Yeah, so he can he can't run, he can't even cycle that well without getting injured. But the man can play golf, so you know that is, we all that we is all have real. our gifts in life, right? Yeah, he's got to be good at something. Yeah. <laughs> I think Graham would probably be more suited to playing seventy-two holes of golf in a day rather than doing any other mad stuff. That's probably where he excels. <laughs> See, this is my grand master plan for the podcast, lads. Right, that it's about endurance sport. So I just need one more of you to take up golf and then at least 60% of us <laughs> play the sport so we can legitimately have a golf conversation on this podcast. Golf's expensive in Sweden. It's a very expensive sport in Sweden. Yeah. Well, a lot of people do. Actually, actually it's expensive really, here in England. <laughs> I, uh, I recently learned, I recently started running with a neighbour and he, and he explained to me that it's so expensive to have a, a golf membership in, in the South part, you know, like where most, most people live, that a lot of people uh, get a membership of some like really shitty club up in like Lapland. And <sighs> then they're allowed to play anywhere in Sweden, but the, usually the rates are way lower because like no one's up there. Uh, a little interesting golf facts for you there. Hi, there thanks, you go. thanks. And, and next week's podcast will be the, the <laughs> golf exclusive episode. <laughs> well, Jake, going to Sweden, boys. Just play Jake, golf. what's been happening for you, mate? Come on, tell them. What, uh, you been what have I been up to? A lot of family time, I guess. A bit of downtime. Went away right. camping, things like that. Growing um, the old do. I see you there, Jake. Growing the old barnet. Yeah, I've been growing my hair. Look at this bad boy. Jake has acquired what can only be described as a 90s boy band centre part in curtain haircut <laughs> with, with, with a noughties um, scruffy beard. Oh, no, so, yeah. Although right. well, no, this is usually uh, quite like shaved between down. Slater from Slater from Saved by the Bell and Ostrich. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely our striker. He's definitely got the our striker going on. <laughs> so yeah, my main hobby during lockdown's basically been growing my hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, not a lot really. Been doing that, um, and then obviously training for this half Ironman, which uh, Graham decided to <laughs> ditch on me the night before. So I was like, oh, oh fuck that. Oh. Um, so I ended up doing it. Yeah, he decided to play golf and said, so I ended up doing a duathlon instead because I thought, uh, I can't bother to go swim. So I thought I'd just do the you've duathlon. you've only swam, swam twice all I've year. swam twice in, since February, which probably hasn't helped. So yeah, <laughs> Mate, I thought I'd just I ditch sw- that bit. <laughs> I haven't swam since freaking December. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, but you, yeah, you took eight hours, John, for yours, so you were going slow. Right, yeah, you basically out of the five of us, who the fuck finished the thing? <laughs> yeah, my moment, you my moment I, thought John, I thought John had stopped for a pizza when I saw his time. I was like, 
I had stopped to get two it. pies. I did stop to get two pies and a can of iron brew on the bike. Oh, man. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. well, that's, like, that's like the Scottish equivalent of George's endurance fuel. Christ, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> hey, I'm just, an, I'm just an ultra runner at heart, and that sounds like a perfectly good dietary plan. I'd Diesel say. engine. <laughs> Diesel engine. It's just slow and steady. Just chugs yeah. along all day, all night. Go for three days if you let him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, can I ask quickly, uh, Aaron, this uh, 100 miles you've got coming up, yeah, would I be right in saying this is going to be run in darkness for its entirety, being it November in Sweden? Like, uh, it, oh. like, yeah, like, I don't know if you thought be, about this, I think but that was my first thought. Um, there's about, was it six or seven hours of daylight? Cracking. The race starts at nine, so it'll just be getting light, and then it'll be getting dark around four. Um, so the majority, the majority of it will be in the dark, I'd say. Mate, is there, is there like a three. total cut off time? Dark there What's that? Is there like a total oh, cut off time? There's a total cut off time of thirty-six hours. Oh, fuck. That's quite short for 100 miles. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, well, John, 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 remember, Aaron's a runner, you're a jogger. So... <laughs> hours, I, I wouldn't even say I'm a jogger, mate. I'd say I'm just able to suffer for a very long time. A rambler. I call John a rambler. <laughs> everywhere. I'll tell you, the, the amount of vertical climbing coming at me in September is going to be fucking nuts for the UTMB and I have no ashamed in saying every no. hill I am going to get my poles out and walk up <laughs> no John, can we just clarify for the listeners of the podcast you are not doing UTMB no yeah. no no I'm doing you just said oh is it sorry not UTMB <laughs> yeah we did uh, UTS sorry oh UTS how far is that uh, 103 miles, miles elevation oh. uh oh 10,000 meters. No, it's less than that. No, 10,000 plus it is. Yeah, it's 10,000 meters. Is it? Yeah. That's the same as actually UTMB, though. Same elevation. No, UTM, I thought UTMB was more. Well, I've just, I was oh. just looking at your man. He's just done 21 hours today. Um, and uh, the it was on the thing that you put up, John. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, UTS is 10,040 plus meters so oh, okay. yeah it's gonna That's be uh, yeah so what you do just shuttles up and down snowden uh so you go up like <laughs> um you go up snowden only once this time but then you go like all round down into bethesda going up like mal shabob then down over to the far end of like um snowdonia and then you cut back over tribbon and then it's just yeah it's pretty much like any big hill. They've just gone. Ah, we'll go up that. Do it. You know, <laughs> it's just um, it's going to be brutal, but it's going to be good fun. So, but unlike Aaron's thirty-four hours, I've got fifty hours. Mm. Wow. All right, so you could literally stop for a pint then. <laughs> that could be a possibility. Could have a little sleep. Could have a little six-hour nap. <laughs> to be honest, I don't think I'm going to have bloody time to sleep. <laughs> so, but uh, Graham, what have you been up to, mate? Uh, well, my whole year really, well, the, the, what is it, the Sandman Triathlon that I was booked to do in September got um, postponed because of the old COVID. So as we'd all decided, we'll do a half iron, you know, Jake had thrown out the idea of half Ironman for those of us interested. So you weren't included in having to do it, George, which was probably... I, I am interested. I just thought I need a bike. That's fine. Can you imagine how I find a man on a big seat? It's fine. <laughs> Nothing fine. wrong with that. Just go down to the I did six miles on today. Quad burn. So <laughs> I'm only thinking like, you know, what is it? How far is a half iron man on a bike? Uh, 60 miles. Okay. Yeah. 60 miles yeah mate I'll be broken the uh, <laughs> saddle sores on that would be <laughs> terrible <laughs> right yeah no, I reckon so, yeah. What, I might need to like you know 
rent a bike off someone or borrow it or I don't know. Yeah. But I am I am into it. Right, so I was, yeah, so the plan was that we were going to do that last weekend and literally everything I'd planned got me teed into it. Like Garmin said I was peaking on my training status. <laughs> my nutrition was on point the week before. I'd slept well. Life was going great. Let me clarify that for everybody. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so Garmin status update, that means bollocks. Uh, nutrition, <laughs> nutrition means you had pizza and ice cream <laughs> and, and some spam. Five some spam. Yeah, uh, yeah, I got five and a half hours, so I got a great night's sleep. Yeah, right. and then uh, yeah, and then Carry on the Saturday, we uh, on the Saturday we picked up our new puppy, and yeah, I was then given a, a gently strong direction on which way to take my intention to do the half Ironman from my beloved wife. And I decided at the last minute to postpone my half Ironman effort to a date to be determined in the future. And he's still scrubbing off the thumbprint uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest with the listeners. I pulled the same stunt when Thomas was born. <laughs> in uh, a week after he was born, I went and played five-a-side football. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. I've, I've, got oh. track, I've got a track record so yeah. I was like I better take the right option this time I bet you've slept outside for that week after that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so I'm, I'm now in full dog life at the moment so the only oh. sorry go on no go mate go I was just thinking um, the only triathlon I've done is very middle class it was uh, indoor at Virgin Active so you, uh, you went from the pool to the, to, the, to, the, to the bike to the treadmill instantly. Wow. Oh, my God. But did, was, they, uh, pol- did they polish your saddle sores in between as well? No, yeah. came over and made sure everyone had enough water. That was quite kind of, and then brought towels around. But um, that, was, <laughs> that was probably like 2003. Straight into the sauna after as well. That's it. 2003. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah. That was my first year of high school. That was two thousand. <laughs> That's it, mate. Showing your age there. Showing your age there, mate. I just graduated. I just graduated university, lads. Fuck. So, <laughs> so you, you freaking youngsters. Some of us oh. were, you know, some of us were living the dream in two thousand and two. Aaron wonders oh. where George got his aerobic capacity from. You know, when he smashed him up, Jacob Ladder. He's only got. <laughs> 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 Oh, I'm never going to live that down, am I? Ever. Right, I'd say that, that brings us to probably a really good topic for tonight's podcast, is that, as you know, we've not recorded one of these for a while because the world Wait, has gone crazy. We've got a topic, we got a topic George. We've got a topic, right. mate. We've You're actually come prepared. George. We've come come prepared on. this time. Uh, do we still have a soap sponsor, John? Uh, yes, we're still sponsored by Whiskey Wolf. This is a okay, cool. Right, cool. Moment. So nothing's changed on that. The- if you want to use the discount code RISE, you can get yourself amazing apparel and soap that helps with peppermint, exfoliation, and that. That's our oh. sponsor. Wow. Wow. Look at that. Hold on. Look at Hold that. On. I'm so, willing... so now we have clarification of what John has been doing in lockdown. <laughs> I'm willing hey, mate, to bet that no one shit, has you know? that code and we have sold zero bars of soap. <laughs> <laughs> Is it as many as the High Rocks tickets you've sold for the non-existent High Rocks race, George? <laughs> Mate, Mike, drop! Same number, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> very same number. Yeah, so George, we'll give you, George, because we know you're good on your feet, we'll give you the theme tonight because you very kindly let us know earlier about the fact that Pal Capel was taking on the UTMB course record of sub-20 hours. Um, going for it. Now, interestingly, he won it in 2019 in 20 hours yeah. and 19 uh, minutes. So yeah. I, I guess he felt there was enough in him to be able to really push it. But it kind of got me thinking that a really good topic of conversation is what are the crazy things that we've seen or done ourselves as a result of lockdown? So like things we didn't think were on the horizon, you know, in, you know we're sitting there eating mince pies, Christmas 2019, Thinking, oh, this year I'm going to be all about my Spartan race and I'm going to be elite and or whatever we're going for. And then this whole lockdown thing has just literally flipped the table on its head. 
and open up a whole new world of opportunities. So what are the crazy things we've either felt like doing ourselves, done ourselves, or seen some people in the world of sport do that we would all argue is way outside their comfort zone? I signed up for 100 miles. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, the short course specialist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, that qualifies. Aaron, the last time I spoke to you, you knocked out a half marathon in 123. So then obviously the logical step is to sign up for 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you maintain that sort of pace, looking good, son. Is that the really George Edwards ebook for training success? You know, available at all good ebook outlets. Hey, my ebook would absolutely, it would be a global bestseller. On <laughs> global. Do you want to tell us um, why, why did you choose to like do that? Was that like, you know, uh, something you had on the horizon or was just like the only race left in Sweden that you could enter or something? Mm. Like what made you go well, down that road? A very quick history, but basically... My dad is a is a hiker. Um, I'm from a very young age. I've I've been going into Wales. I've been going up to Scotland, and we've been doing long weekends, long hikes. Um, and that's basically if George understands where my aerobic base comes from. <laughs> um, but um, so for me, a big a big part of training is is getting outside, exploring things, going long. Although you might not necessarily think because, you know, I do quite like the short stuff as well. Um, but for me, my heart really is being in the mountains, being in the forest for a very long time. And 100 miles has always been one of those things that's kind of, you, you put on a pedestal, it's like, can it be done? Can, it, can I do it? 100 miles, it's a very long way. Um, and in my eyes, it's kind of like one of those things like an Ironman you would really have to dedicate a whole year to train for. It's not just one of the things that, oh, well, you know, I'll do an eight-week training block and I'll, I'll be able to throw down a 5K or a 10K, something like that, or even a marathon. Um, so for me, it was, it was really a sense of, well, now I've got all this freedom to train for this one specific race that, you know, if I want to compete in elite OCR, I won't have the opportunity to do that because I'll be focusing on the short stuff. Um, so for me, it was almost kind of like a lot of professional athletes, really getting back to like grassroots, why they like to train. You look at like the big names like Killian O'Neill and Ryan Atkins, and they just basically go out and have fun in the mountains day in, day out. That's just what they yeah. love to do. Mm. Um, you know, FKTs, fastest known time. Um, that's taken a huge um, uh, liking to, or whatever you would say. Like a lot of people have started to. You know, it's gone kind of mainstream almost. Um, so yeah, for me, it was it was just um, dedicating time to something that you know was on the cards, but maybe not for quite a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. That's cool, man. That's cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, well, go on. You want to ask me? Yeah, I was going to say, what have you seen that's been crazy? Like, I imagine like out in the world of that solar system that you operate in with your athletes and just uh, <laughs> being in there, there's got to be something which has been not just like an FKT time, but something like, you know, pretty um, amazing effort all out there. Well, I think the thing that surprised me the most, just looking at the, the landscape generally is how, what you might previously have been seen as an FKT that's set by someone who's known in the ultra running community, for example, You've now got the more professional athletes that might not have been able to take that kind of challenge on because of their training schedule and the commitments that they've got around certain races. Because those commitments aren't there the same, they're now able to go, well, what could I go and push myself to do and go and explore on a different level? I've seen that going on a lot. And that, I think that's made a lot of it quite, um, quite exciting to see in a lot of senses because at the end of the day, if the pro athlete absolutely smashes an FKT time that's existed for five years by someone who's, let's say, top average, you know, they wouldn't necessarily compete in a race, but they've done well on that effort, just shows that sort of gulf between really good club runners, let's say, and the world's best. Yeah. So that's kind of what I've seen. 
it was definitely shown like I saw with um the I saw what's his name uh John Kelly and uh Damien Hall went a week apart after the spine race um <laughs> record which I think like the record stood for like 30 odd years or something like that and they just absolutely just destroyed the time on it and it like you said Graham like it's just you know that professional level and then also like it being you know 30 years on from when that was set it totally changes what um what these athletes can can um uh, achieve which is just insane nowadays isn't it so yes george you're the biggest tagger of hunter in instagram you know what have you noticed that he's done differently as a result of sort of lockdown <laughs> and things oh mate um you know and you think you're sort of like not that far from someone or you're not that like you understand someone's like work ethic or um you know like i compare it to football sort of i still think to this day i could probably jump in a league playing team and like just fill fill in you know and sort of go unnoticed when you realize like you're doing one of his programs you just see the intensity and yes yeah, kind of like just it's just that gear up and the suffering factor where um you know obviously tried lots of different types of programs but there's just kind of he's his programs are very good very well structured they make a lot of sense and i can see the benefits so he's very good at taking apart the goal and working back to front so um where he uses a lot of his like um conditioning in, the, in his in, even in his cool down like often i have to do 3k on the skio to cool down after just annihilating my upper body <laughs> so, like, the last thing you want to do is spend another 15 minutes on the skio when you've just tapped out your shoulders in like push and pull but it makes sense and then same thing on the rower you know and then just having to run under fatigue that often it's mm. you know there's nothing um like he's obviously very talented. He's obviously like very gifted genetically. I think he's six two. You know, I don't know how much he weighs, but two hundred pounds. Let's say I'm, yeah, I'm one hundred eighty eight. So he's he's got another another uh, stone and a bit on me. Mm. But yeah, he's he's a monster, and it doesn't it doesn't make sense how how much he's doing. You know, <laughs> so it's just levels really of athletes. You know, he's not just you know obviously he's got time and stuff he's he's a bit younger than myself but yeah it's just it is interesting to sort of see someone just work day after day in that they treat it like a nine to five job mm. longer so mm. that's that's the bit that you really graph when you start you know you, you look at like uh one thing we were talking about the other day i was talking to him is um i said to him about rowing i said talk to me about your 2k rows how have you uh, managed to get that so so quick and he, he explained like a little bit of a breakdown that he did oh and for those interested is 2k is 607 and <laughs> that's literally <laughs> jake will tell you that's very impressive that's, but yeah, that's crazy uh, 54 seconds quicker than mine so um that you know three minute kilometers he's putting up there just about and um wow. that's he's just seen. leagues apart really because it, it's such a suffering event anyway um mm. so yeah he just told me about his uh his preparation for his hamstrings and his his lower back and it's just pull strength and how he would sort of tackle it so well, he does what did you say his his time down. was 607 minutes seven seconds like olympic seconds. standard is about 530 ish mm. jesus oh no i'm just looking on the uh concept two uh world record timings mm. to see what the uh <laughs> yeah do uh, it. The, the time is uh what age is he oh it's in ages that's it, really weird he's, he's 30 at the moment i think or 31 uh so it's tough paper round uh, yes. you know seven six six minutes know... 56 it says here no, you're on the wrong page. <laughs> you're, on the, you're, on the, you're on the wrong page. That's Jake's, that, that's Jake's time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, obviously, we oh, know Jesse. No, no. Yeah, Jesse can row pretty well. I think Jesse's hit like 640. There we go. Six, wow. 606 is the men's record. Is that for this year, though, or all that's, time? 
uh, all, all time, the 30, 30 to 39 category is 606. Well, well the, no. Does anyone know what the LWT weight is? Yeah, lightweight. lightweight. Yeah, so, oh, right. so it'll be heavyweight. So the heavyweight time is five. Anyway, it's over yeah. 75, It's five minutes, 36, and six wow. seconds. Six milliseconds. That's set traveling. in 2008. That is Crazy. That, I, can't, I can't run 2K in that time. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's shifting. Hmm. Yeah, what crazy, what crazy shizzle have you seen, Jake? What crazy stuff lockdown? have I seen through lockdown? My God, where do you start? Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> people running around their back garden for 100 kilometres. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 have we all forgotten about this or what? <laughs> people playing it off. What about the tough mother games? Yeah, yeah Europe's like toughest mother people. Yeah, the virtual Spartans. Yeah, people doing egg and spoon races in the middle of the night just to, you know, put it on Instagram. All this crazy shit. Um, yeah, that's here's, sort of the, here's my question with that sort of stuff. As much as we think it is fucking lunacy and we wouldn't waste our time with it, do you think for those guys who, okay, just go out and do like the Spartan and the... Um, the tough mudders just for the fun of it and the social aspect it's really good for them them as like a mental and health thing just no. to have a go at it or do we just think it's just i think there's a waste of the time for them. and they're just grabbing they're, they're, those companies are just grabbing money that's it they're, they're, grabbing, they're money. grabbing money and there's better ways to sharpen your sword like you don't need to do stupid shit to you know sharpen your mind in the aspect of how far you know, what I can do, what I'm actually capable of. You don't need to, you know, do an egg and spoon race at three in the morning to achieve that. So, and it it gets down to a level where it's like, why are you actually doing that? Are you doing that for an intrinsic motivator or are you doing it for something such as social media fame or such as, um, you know, something along those lines, you know, really, yeah. For me, I can't see the intrinsic motivator to do that at all, but maybe that's just my work ethic. And no, I agree, you know, Jake. I, I am not quite egg and spoon, but Hylox <laughs> their virtual world championships. And I signed up for the weighted category and um, I did the first one. Is that from weighted? Basically. As in how many hot cross buns you've ate before it happens, George? <laughs> no, no, no. It was uh, basically you had to own a wobble. 15 kilo dumbbells and a rower to enter and basically the you first workout all that cash at the beginning of lockdown then mate don't worry about that it's paid for itself <laughs> um but basically the first workout was 30 minute and wrap 400 meter run at the track and then 10 meters of burpee broad jumps 10 meters of walking lunges 10 meters, uh, sorry, 10 thruster reps, and then you add five meters to every round thereafter, or five reps. Anyway, um, upon viewing other people's uploaded uh, you know, efforts, let's call them, I quickly realized that this was about people basically bragging or cheating, or basically, you know, they were going for that prize money, but it was a bit of a look at me thing. And obviously with the judges and that, it's a lot of effort for how many judges you, you know you have to sort of look through all these reps and all these videos. And you know, the, the workout itself was brutal. And I didn't do the second one because it didn't, I basically stopped because it was, it just, there wasn't enough time to recover. I thought they were going to be once a week. Then I realized they were every fourth day. And that was just basically meaning I couldn't really train in between. So I literally quickly decided, no, like I've just started this program. I'm enjoying it. It makes no sense to just absolutely nail myself to this cross in the middle of the summer because then going into winter, I'll just be a bit like, you know, just Uh, the wrong time to push, isn't it? Too much, too much volume at that point. Exactly, exactly. And so... I stepped back it, but I was obviously interested to see where people come and that, and you look at it, and obviously the cream did rise to the to the top. But I still say there's a lot of people like, and this is what I've noticed about people that do exercise a lot, especially like 
CrossFit is questionable with form at the amateur level at the best of times. You put a camera in front of that and it's absolutely, it's gnarly, it's dangerous. And people might be able to do thrusters faster than me, but that doesn't mean that that's, good, that's a good thing. Do you know what I mean? There's a, there's a technique to it, you know, that I think I'll be able to do thrusters when I'm 75 and people that know what they're doing will be able to deadlift when they're 75. And some people, just for the sake of like rushing through this, their form was horrendous. And it was just like, you know, people were letting push-ups go where they were kind of like just worming on the floor. And you're mm. like, well, that's, that's, that's not a push-up, you know? And they were letting thrusters go where they, weren't lo- they were locked out one arm, but they weren't on the other, mm. you know? And the depth was like questionable. And it was just exhausting to sort of really, like, I'll, I'll Did you find like the times were like crazy as well? Because... Funny enough, I'd, oh, done, yeah. um, I'd done the turf games, home games, number three yeah. or something like that. I'd done quite well in it, but I was looking at some of the times after and I'm like, that's like three or four minutes quicker than me on like a 20 minute workout. I was like, yeah. that's, that can't be fucking right. Exactly. That really can't be right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 100%. I saw it, uh, one that was basically run 2K, 100 squats, run 1K. And I did it in my overall time was like 13 minutes or 12, 12, 50 or something like that. Anyway, I saw someone posted seven minutes, obviously the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> and I was like, hold on. So 3K. So free. Yeah. And, and 3K and 100 squats in seven yeah, minutes. seven minutes. And I was just like, oh, mate, just take this down. This is irritating me. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and then someone underneath put like you know on the comment because it's obviously on, on instagram they put oh well done quality time <laughs> and I was like, uh this is bs um yeah but you know so uh, there was a lot of um obviously there it's are actually, a lot of people uh, out there that, is that they actually, don't uh, elliot kipchoge or something like <laughs> <laughs> even kipchoge ain't doing that wouldn't do that <laughs> no um and the same thing with uh you know it's, it's the same people that they do a Spartan race or they sign up for OCR Worlds and they're losing their band at the first obstacle, but they can say they're there. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's, if that's what you want to be part of, that's great. But it's really, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're getting fit. I'm glad you're active, but just keep your shit post to yourself. <laughs> it's basically but, what all, all, but part of it though is, is if this sort of, you know, cause uh, John there you mentioned like with the whole community aspect mm. and I, I definitely buy into that it's still people people want to be still part of that community but why don't you why don't you go out and meet with your local runners or why yeah. don't you go out and join a triathlon mm. team you know what I mean like like where I live is is probably way more in the country compared to where you guys live and just this summer I've met four new people in this in this uh, in the village that I live, about seven hundred people that that that, um, that run. And we've all started running together. We've started a little a little group. You know, like that's the kind of community that you should be looking after. Like, don't you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're missing the community, go and find the ones yeah. that are around. You know. Yeah, you don't need a medal or a ship ship pair of dog tags sent through the post yeah. as you run around your garden. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like when you look at Tough Mudders events, like it's an okay event. The obstacles make sense, whatever. It's fun. But the virtual stuff just does not make sense to me. It really doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, it does feel like a brand engagement piece that keeps people engaged for when it comes back and when they can get back to that thing that they want to do. Like you say, people wanting to feel part of that community. But I'm with you, George. The integrity of some of these online things is really, really poor. In fact, the mm. one that probably looks the most robust from an adjudif- um, adjudication perspective is the CrossFit approach when yeah. it comes to things like the Open, where they are strict as, strict yeah. as heck with you. Yeah. And, it, and it has to be. Because um, like you say, hand-release, hand-release push-ups where you're just doing the worm, yeah. it's a different gravy. Like I, I, you know, I caught with Jesse, also put in a good numbers, and he got absolutely blown out because he did proper hand release push-ups full yeah. form and everyone else in the top 20 did worms and yeah. he's like you've got to let me retake and they're like no you can't if we have to really and like, well, these guys are all doing it wrong 
and they've yeah. shifted a little camera angle that makes it look like they're putting their effort in. So the integrity of some athletes in this kind of room, like you say, to either big their egos up, big their Instagram account up or whatnot, I think you've got to really look at, some people should really look at that and why they're mm. doing it because it just makes them look smaller than they actually are to me. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. like when you sort of see like, I think the the Rogue Invitational is obviously a professional competition and obviously they're professional athletes. So there's no no question of like the standards and they are obviously being repped via webcams, but then they have a judge in person as well. Obviously smaller competitions and stuff can't can't do that. But I think if the sport wants to be taken seriously, you need to hold yourself to standards and you need to be able to mm. no rep yourself. And I no rep myself so many times it's actually painful. I no rep myself on wobbles, I no rep myself. Like, I thought the ski erg was going to tick over and it didn't, so to get back on it quickly, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, what they jumps. should do is like, yeah. you have to video record your effort, especially something like that where you can make them sort of video recordable. And then they sort of review a selection specifically like top 20. That's what and I, I thought they would have done but that. That's, what, like, they, that's yeah. what they tried to do, but they just didn't call people up on it. Which is yeah. the really bad thing. Right? Guess, yeah, it's even worse in the bodyweight section. And I have to say, as as the standard comes down from the top, obviously, if you signed up for like you know the weighted version, the equipment version, like I did and Jesse did, then you had to have a rower, which means you probably take your training a little bit very more seriously, seriously. Yeah, than someone yeah. that doesn't have a rower. That's just the way it is. Yeah. So especially during the time. So the people that did the um, bodyweight version. I mean, I saw, I saw what people think is a squat and I saw what people think, you know, you can't really, like Hunter said the other day, like you can't really call mountain climbers an exercise. It's just bullshit. No, so, you know, that, yeah. and that's where I think, you know, a lot of these movements, they need to just be uh, just wiped, wiped off. But like, that's like, I, th- I saw a lot of, with the whole craziness of like, suddenly everyone seemed to become a fucking PT. And like you're saying, recommending <laughs> mountain climbers, squats yeah. and stuff like that. And then, they're doing really shit form as examples to people that are <laughs> trying to get fit. And you're like, what the fuck's going on? Like you're, you're <sighs> co- going to cause people pain later on in life. Jake and George will attest. You can buy a PT qualification on the internet. So fucking nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I liken it to cowboy builders, right? So cowboy builders, you might get someone come around and, dig up your driveway, take 10 grand off you and fuck off. Mm. Okay. For every hundred PTs in this country. And I think, I think someone told me, Jake might know, but maybe three to 4 million qualified PTs in England. Is that right? No. That's a population of 70 million people. Yeah. One to 2 million qualifications. Half a percent. Anyway. So, but out of that, Right, I would say 99 shit trainers out of 100. <laughs> that, that's dog shit trainers, 99 out of yeah, yeah, yeah. So straight away, you should be looking at them. Then it, for every one you start going through, you take all the good trainers out of that one, make another list of 100 out of all those good ones. And then out of that, there's 10 exceptional trainers. And the rest are, they kind of know what they're doing. They're good, they're keen, they're learning, they're busy. And that, that's how small it is. So, but yeah, straight away, if basically someone's, if it's got method in the title, of their program, avoid. <laughs> okay, that's a new buzzword at the moment. The method. <laughs> Edward's um, method. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon. Jake's OCR method. <laughs> um, if they're selling plans for 19 quid on Instagram, but they send you some bands, that's another one. Yeah. If they recommended any sort of challenge in 30 days, you can tell them fuck right off. Uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, but just just check everybody. On the 6th of September, this one male spot waited for a, a little challenge at the lab. Is that right, George? The 5th of September. The 5th. Oh, sorry. I got the date wrong. 5th, mate. Yeah, I was going to invite, you know, uh, you boys on. But then, you know, I thought Jake's the only one, you know, that Thanks. realistically might be keen. <laughs> I've not, lift, I've not lifted weights for a year, mate. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Do you mean ten years? 
Yeah, that, that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so going back to the, yeah, PTs means nothing. I mean, the qualification is not worth the paper it's written on. Uh, well, you can, buy, you can buy them so cheap now, like they're getting even cheaper. They're like, I think you can get it for less than a grand. You can be like a level three PT, which just throws the whole fucking thing out of the water. Yeah, yeah. And I think, George, I was saying the same to you before. Obviously, I'm a qualified electrician as well. Um, and to be like a decent electrician, really, you need to do be level three MVQ with AM2. Takes about three years. And then additional to that, you probably have to be on the tools as well, giving some experience. Total time training is probably like five, six, seven years, really, to really know your stuff. But there's people got out there. Right? Yeah, there's people out there that now can go out in 17 weeks, be fully quali- qualified to the same level as someone that's done all that training, and they'll walk in and they'll go, yeah, I want the same amount of money or whatever. And it's like, you know nothing, mate. Like, you really yeah. know absolutely nothing. Um but yeah, yeah now I think it's getting to the point where people are now only getting their information of learning or their upskilling themselves just through Instagram. Yeah. And now you have this Which huge is... copy and paste industry that's like, okay, yes, that person knows what they're doing. Yes, that's a physio. Yes, that's a doctor prescribing exercise or movement. But when you apply it, you have no fucking idea. How do you create a program around that for somebody? Who do you give that to and when and why? And it's if anybody, if an able bodied person can teach another able body person then yes that is one aspect of personal training the problem and the skill involved in it is taking somebody with an acl problem ankle ligament damage even mental health problems or real blockage in their training goals and then basically changing it around to you know to build progress for them and and educating themselves about their body and you know certain aspects of their lifestyle Mm -hmm. So you're never like, gonna get that. I, I was saying to Aaron last uh, last week, the other week, other other week. Uh, anyway, I was just saying like, it's like it's crazy to think like if I look back on five years ago and think about my training and what I thought was like a good way to do it, and then I like look at like the last six seven months, and I'm just like, I've just pissed away all that time. <laughs> You know, like you just—it's just stupid to look back on, like, oh god, I should have educated myself with this. Should have got a coach. Should have looked at this stuff. Like, you know, and a lot of it's just you, you just—you just need yourself to just be motivated about it instead of not just um, getting it spoon-fed to you, isn't it? You know, mm. um, a lot of it is experimentation. So, like, you have to be willing to fail, but you also have to be willing to try new things and fail. Then you have to be able to correlate that with what succeeds and why that succeeds. And this is just on yourself. Then you need to take your clients and you know, you need to help them succeed, but also help them fail because they're gonna as well. And that mm-hmm. you know, you need to be able to get them to understand to move safely before they put load on top of their movement, which if you know everyone was a you know, obviously a bodyweight expert come March 18th when lockdown started. But really, as we know, that there's a science and there's a skill to squats, push-ups, pull-ups, you know, sit-ups, yeah. and, and all this work. It, it takes a lot of skill to get it right so that you yeah. don't mess yourself up. And people were just like, right, we're going to just get you doing push-ups, burpees, and mountain climbers. Try a minute of each and, you know, do as many as you can for 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're all in the frontal plane. You're just nailing one part of your body over and over again. And what are you going to do tomorrow? And yeah. every workout was just like governed to just leave you decimated on the floor with no, no chest, essentially. Yeah. So, you know, it, um, yes, you can't help these people, but unfortunately Instagram is very popular with what appears to be fit and what appears to look good. That's all people want to see. If the, if the initial image looks good, then the words written underneath don't really mean much. And so people will start clicking and buying someone's program because of how it looks. And that's the danger, right? But I think part of the problem is as well is kind of like John John touched on and like you touched on there, George, is like us five here, we're all sitting here and like we're willing to put in that one, two, three, four, five years of ex- experimentation work to find what happens, what works, what doesn't work. 
And a lot of guys are like, they're, they're looking for that, like the four weeks, the six weeks, the eight week body lifestyle shift turnaround. And mm. as we all know, like it, it doesn't exist. You know, You'd like always be looking for that. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. You yeah. know, like you know, I've I've been looking to be in the form that I'm in for the last five years, but you know, I'm only just finding it now because I've tried so many different things, tried different methods, different workouts, you know, and all that mm. kind of stuff. But people, if you say that, it's not a great selling point. Oh yeah, you'll you'll be great, but you've got to wait five years. Like, like fuck yeah. that. So I want that now. You know, so it's a it's a tough yeah. one. It's, it's it, it is a selling point, much. but it's like it's good in the way that if you can unsell people like i i don't want many clients you know i don't mm. really like training a lot of people i like training a select few people that are keen keen as beans mm. and that really want mm. to go for it and that allows me really to sort of get results with that person i don't like mm. the time wasters i get quite a few messages each week about oh what if i do can i do this program like this or can you send me a free workout? Can you do this? Can you do that? Or would, you know, what should I be eating? And mm. I just say to people, like I said, why, why do you want to be spoon fed when you can have the whole pie? You know, you, mm. you, you, there's plenty of things you pay for in life. This is my skill. You, you mm. know, you just got to stump up the cash, mate. And I'm sorry, that's mm. the way it is. But if you're watching my page, then, you know, mm. like they are the, these are just my highlights. Like you, unfortunately, like, you know, things cost money. Yeah. You know, and learning know, like, how to train I, right is part of it. I had a, a, not quite the same, like, with the sports thing, but, like, with all my making stuff, I had somebody, um, somebody message me when I was selling some, uh, some of the pepper grinders I made. And it was like, oh, I'll pay you um, this amount, which is, like, fucking ridiculously cheap for what I wanted. <laughs> <for them. laughs> and, and I messed, like, the first message I wrote was, do you know how much fucking learning I've went to get to this fucking point? You know, this university, <laughs> this is a fucking life experience. And then it was like, you know, like you haven't, all you see is this one moment. You don't see the mm. five, 10 years to get to, okay, yeah, it's a simple looking product, but it doesn't mm. just happen. And like all that creative and making, it adds on, you know, it's like yeah. when you get a plumber mm. in your house, you don't just kind of go, oh, do you mind just doing as a five quid job? You know, <laughs> and then complain about why there's a fucking leak in your house. <laughs> well, no, you don't. Want a, you don't want a cheap dentist. Trust me. You know, so but people are obviously, you know, they they because they're our bodies, and because everybody looks at someone else doing something that seems simple enough, we kind of put two and two together and get nineteen. We look at it like, oh, well, I can do a push up, so surely if I do enough of them I'm going to look like that or I'm going to start to generate that strength and you know they don't understand that this just it's a whole package that's encompassing you know it's mm. not just one aspect of it you know it's like the guy running you know um, UTMB like we can all run but we can only dream of throwing numbers up like that dream yeah. that's a pipe dream you know we could mm. train for 20 years we could I mean, all move to Chamonix tomorrow 10 years time none of us are putting up that sort of number yeah, yeah. you know but you, exactly. you can, like you see greatness like that and you go fucking hell you just tip your hat that's all you do to it yeah, yeah. and you you don't try to sort of like i'm not gonna say to you oh mate what should i be doing at the track tomorrow you know yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. definitely uh, so, you know. so any final thoughts on this then boys on well this i was gonna wonderful subject I was going to ask, uh, what what has everyone got on the cards coming up? Like, if we got anything big plans, you know? But like a rounded up, you know, like that. You know, I've got a big competition <laughs> at my house next week. Way, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But like, is, it know free? Like, is it free? Can I is it free? You know? It's free do for you, get, you boys. Do you get a medal? <laughs> no medals. I've literally, <laughs> literally, because obviously of our huge listener base, this won't affect anything at all. But basically, um, I've, uh, I was looking at getting some T-shirts, but some people said, do I have to wear a mask? And I was like, no, there's going to be a sign saying no fucking masks. So don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, um, it's just going to be a throw down. It's going to be very casual. A few beers after a bit of food about. Um, yeah, it's, it's mostly for people that, you know, want to push themselves sort of collectively and sort of miss that 
atmosphere of a good like gym workout and and that's it really but obviously it's a bit of a twist to it and that's obviously my uh, program design so um people I'm, I'm I'm gonna do it so it's fair so I, I know all the type of athletes that are coming and there's a sort of a test for you know your your alactic junkie as well as your aerobic and then you know, your anaerobic so hopefully we'd sort of see some interesting things and it'll just highlight where people need work so whatever it is someone will come away going oh I didn't mind that that was that was no problem but yeah. I really fucking hated this you know mm-hmm. and obviously from an OCR background we're all used to carrying shit or I can tell you this, these people are not used to carrying shit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, oh, um, some heavy weights, some heavy loads are coming to them. Heavy loads and decent Farm distances. Farmer carry. Farmer carry. my rowing machine. I've got three concept <laughs> twos and you can farmers carry each one of them. <laughs> I was gonna, gonna, the, the cottony death race is, uh, is going down. The cottony death race. All right, yeah. mate. You see that mountain cotton- over there? Take me concept two over there, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then try and beat a five minute two k run row, please. <laughs> well, it's not going to be any silly bugger games. Like I'm not going to ask them to like mow my lawn, like Joe, and, like you know, start like you know, do some yard work <laughs> out the back. No, you, no, you're going no, to ask them to jelly your eels for you, aren't you, George? So. <laughs> <laughs> I ask them. No, all, all I've said to him is, uh, you know, um, bring a change of clothes because uh, you won't be one of live in that t-shirt much longer uh, after the event uh, plenty of water nice so, you know, I, yeah. um, I definitely think like the, int- the one thing that I've taken away from this last couple of months is definitely seeing amazing people achieving amazing goals and just making you want to go making me want to go and do like that's why I ran from Ed- Glasgow to Edinburgh like, partly it was like it was on the radar and I thought fuck it why not go and do it you know we've got the time you know that's what mm. I said like one of um, one of those things are but you know like it's it's been a crazy time, isn't it? Crazy fucking time, you know. John, you you're a man that has appreciation for a weighted vest. What's the furthest distance you've gone in one of those bad boys? Uh, I have. Oh God, what's the furthest I've done? I did a a ten or twelve k interval session with that when I used to live in Wales. At the like triathlon group, I, I turned up to the triathlon group that I used to go to wearing a weighted vest, and they were just like, "What the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> like, this is hard enough as it is." <laughs> um, but yeah, I've done about like 10, 10 or twelve k, something like that. So mm. normally I just mm. keep it like just do a part run in it, not like um, yeah. anything over the top. So I haven't used it in ages. Saying that, it's just been gathering dust, and I've just been carrying my plates in a. a gr2 rucksack just to nice. train with mm. you know um and that it's just a different Not way of doing it isn't it sweet mm. so before john releases all of the details of his training wardrobe i think that's probably a really good point to sort of wrap tonight's <laughs> podcast so thanks for listening everybody we'll catch you on the next one peace nice one peace